HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit internationalculinarycenter.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord Knows that country music's gonna save your soul The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues That's him It's gonna get you some in the end Welcome back to The Speakeasy I'm your host, Damon Bolte We're in the studio today on yet another cold, wintry Wednesday can't wait for this to be over. But in light of that, we are having something today in the studio to talk about uh, something that's my favorite, uh, one of my favorite types of drinks to start thinking about the summertime, beer. We're talking beer today. And today we have the head bartender, bar manager of Bush & Shank in Brooklyn, New York, Tristan Colgrove. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for having me. It's about damn time. Um, so... We talk a lot about cocktails, wine, and beer on this show, and I'm really excited to be doing this today because right now in front of us we got a couple of beers and we're just going to shoot the shit. <laughs> yeah, man. This Imperial IPA is delicious, by the way. You drinking the Green Flash? Yes, I am. Not the Palette Record, just the normal IPA, the Imperial. Nice. And I've got the uh, the Greenport Harbor Black Duck Porter, which actually one of my old bartenders, Nate, uh, Nate DeMoss, who's over at the Shanty in New York Distilling Company, he used to work for them, and that's how I first found out about it, and it's one of the... To me, one of the more like drinkable stouts. It's like very consistent, kind of chocolatey coffee. You know, it's like, but not like super heavy. Yeah, they have a, a lot of the characteristics. You get like an imperial stout. There's a lot of coffee on it, and, but you don't have to deal with the ABV and drinking one or two, and obviously not enjoying another one after that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing with beer, man. You like to have. You can't just stop with one. You could do that with cocktails, but with beer, you want to you want to keep drinking. And actually, that's something um, we were talking a little bit before. Uh, both earlier today and uh, earlier in the week about session beers. And I think, you know, you were saying that that's something that's really, I mean, the first time I ever heard the term session beer was probably about, I don't know, five, six years ago. And uh, some of my buddies were like, what the hell is this? Uh, Because I'm from Oklahoma where we have those laws where it's like most of the beer you can get 
is 3.2% alcohol. Anything over that, you have to get in a liquor store and it's room temperature. It's not even chilled. So you got to like. Wow. Yeah, it's really bullshit because it's Three, like. 3.2% isn't really uh, even sessionable at that point, is it? It's, no, it's like, <laughs> it's like that's that's not a session. That's like a long haul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To, to get where you need to be. Yeah, totally. But we always talk shit about it because, like, I mean, it's and it needs to be talked shit about because, you know, it's like. The whole thinking behind that is like, oh well, you gotta you're gonna have these stronger beers that you have to buy at a liquor store, and they're gonna be room temp. And the whole idea of that is so you won't get in your car and drink them. And but wait a minute, I don't need to have my whiskey chilled. That's on the shelf next to yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna drink that fifth of whiskey in the six pack of Imperial IPA I bought yeah. on the car ride home. Yeah, I'm gonna drink the, five the minutes fifth away. of whiskey like while I'm waiting for my beer <laughs> yeah. to chill. You know, yeah, it's totally. so backwards, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're really making a big push though with uh, with, with IPAs being sessionable. Uh, I mean, it's been a very uh, very big, very trendy style in the last uh, last five years. As as you know, Americans love to overhop everything. We love the hoppy flavor. Uh, we like that big ABV that comes along with it. But there's a lot of drinkers that necessarily don't want to have three, four beers and be drunk. And that's why they're making a big push with this five to four and a half percent session IPA. Uh, and it's going to be huge. I mean, Founders, all the big breweries have done it. Founders just put out their all-day IPA. Um, it's super overhopped, super dry hopped on the front, so the nose smells strong like an Imperial, but then you taste it, and you're like, well, I, I could drink this. I could drink a 30-pack. You like, hang out with it. Drink a 30-pack of this if they actually made it in a 30-pack. Oh, man, I miss 30-packs. Oh, yeah. That was that was a challenge that was accepted a few times. Yeah. I don't know if it was ever fulfilled yeah. back in the day. <laughs> we, 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 don't, we don't have the luxury of that in New York. Yep. Yeah, yeah, come down to Oklahoma and we'll, yeah. we'll crush some thirty packs, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know we'll stack up the the cans and you know shoot them with their BB guns and <laughs> just have a good old Oklahoma time. Oh yeah, but yeah. So like session beers, like typically, what is the the ABV on them? Um, sessional beer? Usually is under five and a half percent. I would say even lower, um, and it goes range anywhere down to four uh, percent. Uh, the the beer is just made to basically have uh, to, to be able to drink all day. You want to be able to drink it. You you know you want to be able to have you know ten ten beers and and and, and not be drunk, uh, and that's what the, the, that's what you're going for. Uh, usually, like a lot of lagers, you know, we have a session we we carry at Mini Bar, which is super popular. Yeah, which is named exactly exactly after that. Um, uh, and but then you're they're starting to get some of the ales. They're they're just starting to lighting up, and they're doing cool, really cool thing with the hops. They can accent the flavor. They can get the the you you know basically they're fooling you like. Like it's all there. You're drinking uh, a seven and a half percent beer, but you're not. Yeah. You know, so you get that enjoyable factor, but you also you can enjoy it for longer. Um, and it's starting now. It's finally. It was lagers at first, and it was always everybody always stereotypically was like, "I want the I want the lager or the pilsner," which is the same thing. Um, uh, pilsner is a lager, but they but they basically want a beer that's light that they can drink. And a lot of people also, uh, as well as I know you and your uh, roommate Michael, enjoy a beer and a whiskey, which is a very classic thing. You're not going to drink a nine percent imperial IPA like I am right now with a whiskey. Uh, with a whiskey, unless you you had a bad day at work and you want to feel. Horrible. Hey man, sometimes shit happens. Yeah, yeah. sometimes <laughs> sometimes it, you're right. Sometimes shit does happen. Um, well, but so like so like the session beers started out with like lagers, pilsners, and the, now we're moving into like these like IPAs and different styles. I mean, was that something that was just like? Finding the technique I, to make these, I, or I think I think um, well one uh, it, the the basically I think the demand is there. I think yeah. people want it. 
I think people want to be able to drink uh, and enjoy and not, you know, actually feel the effects as much. And yeah. I think that's what it really comes down to. And these big brewers are looking for new, looking for new challenges. Uh, they've done uh, many styles. Uh, we were speaking earlier about German, uh, German beer and how we mimic a lot of their Kolsch. We try to re- reproduce their Hefeweizens. We try to do all those things. Um, but it, 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 it's, 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 it's more, I think, market-driven. I think the market wants it. I think people want to uh, be able to, to drink it and enjoy it. And uh, it goes back to what, stemming what we were talking about with, with beer cocktails earlier. Uh, you know, it, it, yeah. it, it, like sessionable, it, it, cocktails. sessionable cocktails. Like you want to, you want to have a cocktail. You want to have, you know, you, how do you feel after three martinis? How would you feel, you know? And then how would you feel if you had three, three beer cocktails, three micheladas per se? Like yeah. before, uh, you, know, you can enjoy those. You can still be social. Right. You can still go home and get up for work the next day. Well, there, something that I think about as a bartender is like there's kind of like, and this is a really bad like way of thinking i think is like as a customer and as a bartender but i feel like a lot of times like the added value to a cocktail is the abv which isn't entirely true you know it's because like like we're saying you know to have like a beer cocktail or even like something that's like vermouth based you don't want your customer thinking that you're trying to like cheat them out of booze by like using lower abv products you're just like you're trying to encourage a, a good like extended stay and extended time, you know. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about session beers. You yeah, know? you get you get those drinkers, you know, when they come in the bar, and you know who they are. Yeah. And they're like, which which beer has the most alcohol? It's and usually some, me and some Mike. people. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's a rough day at work. You come see me. You know, I, I'm not going to be mad about that. Um, but you know, there there are those people that you know shop shop for it in that sense, and that they look for that, and and. Um, but then there's also those people that don't, and yeah. uh, you know, uh, it, with the added value, uh, it doesn't mean that it has to be strong. Uh, if it's made with very, very gr- well ingredients, if it's balanced right, and it's you know, that's really what it's about for me. You know, yeah. like, and, and, and obviously I'm on the bartending end, so I don't pay for drinks as often as most other people <laughs> do. But uh, uh, I also like to fully enjoy what, I, what I'm drinking. I don't get myself belligerent. belligerent. Yeah. You know, I, I want to fully enjoy like the, you know that cocktail. You know, yeah. Um, I do remember the first time I saw on a beer menu, and I remember, like, actually, the first, it was probably, like, right around the first time that I ever, one of the first times I ever saw the ABV listed next to the beers on a menu, um, probably, like, eight years ago or so, and everyone started doing that, which is great, that way you don't have to, like, be shocked when you're, like, stumbling out of the room, you know, yeah. but I remember seeing, uh, like, Anchor's Old Foghorn yeah. at 10% ABV, and I was oh, like, yeah. sweet, yeah. I'm going to get that one. Yeah. But I was also like a punk rock kid with no money, <laughs> so yeah. I was like, "I'm gonna get the most bang for my buck." Yeah. But nowadays, I'm like totally like, like "All right, I'm too old for this shit." How much are the Boilermakers? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But now, like, I mean, even Guinness though, Guinness is low ABV. Right, they're three point eight percent. I mean, they're under four percent. So it's like kind of the original session yeah. beer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yes. Uh, that's the funny thing too is like people uh, they look at stout and they look at dark malt beers and for some reason they think they have way more calories more alcohol because they look evil and they look and, and it's just because <laughs> they're dark and you think that that liquid somehow holds up it doesn't get broken yeah. down by the acids in your stomach <laughs> but it doesn't get digested but it's really actually very light and uh, um, very satisfying and you can drink a six pack of it and you know you'll have a small buzz you know you, I mean depending like me and you we yeah, well, we can hold our own yeah yeah so we're uh, pros we, but you know you can it's thoroughly enjoyable it's a great style, um, and it's not you know, and it has less alcohol than that pilsner you were drinking that you thought was light. You know, right, exactly. Just before that, dude. Well, another thing, going back to the whole beer cocktail thing too. It's like uh, you know we talk about like micheladas and even like 
there's a cocktail I love called the Chevelle, which is basically like a half size whiskey sour whiskey sour that's topped with Pilsner. Yeah. It's great. It's super refreshing, super summery. But then like you think about like the original like even more original beer cocktails of actually mixing beers like the black and tan and the half and half. You were telling me that there are places now that are taking that to like a further like kind of oh, a yeah. higher level. I mean, it's it's it, it, it you know, like you said the micheladas are like taking one style of beer and then adding something to it, but then uh to to take a few different actual beers or brews like a, a cider uh and a few other things and to, to to make them work together is actually not that easy. And that's why you don't see it as as often and it's a kind of a new like we were saying it's a new Yeah, new, beer new, cocktails new, in general, new, even yeah. if you're mixing with booze, yeah. like hard alcohol. It's the new frontier of cocktails like yeah, it's very challenging. Yeah, there's um, no guidelines historically it, to like tell you that these formulas work together yeah, yes exactly so uh, i have a friend that works at the the, the blind tiger in the city mm-hmm. amazing draft bar i mean everybody knows it if you know beer that's the place to go they get all the real hard to get stuff you know mm-hmm. all, the, all the real good stuff um, <laughs> good shit yeah all the good shits there <laughs> um but he uh this guy luke a really great bartender uh, amazing guy go if you ever go in there and he's there uh, tom you know me and he'll charge you double uh, but he makes <laughs> his drink uh and it's basically a belgian strong ale a cider and a little bit of a Grand Cru Flemish Red. And it's three different beers. I mean, it's a four-ounce drink, so it's kind of like a shooter. Um, it could be served a little bit larger, I think. Um, but it's basically three different, three different beers blended. And uh, it's pretty, pretty intriguing because it just, it just opens, it opens, it opens my eyes. And it was like, you know what? I haven't tried enough. There's more out there. Like, there is going to be, you know, in the future, there's going to be a huge market for this. Um, and there's nobody really doing it, and it, it's kind of inspiring. I mean, to be able to take all those contrasting flavors and make them work together, you know, and to be palatable and enjoyable yeah. uh, is a feat in itself. And well, yeah, I mean, like even just uh, there's just crazy amounts of different brews out there these days. I mean, we're we're really lucky to be living in this time where we can like really like pinpoint like the styles we like for like even like food pairings and things like that. You know. Um, Hell, even in the uh, cider category, there's so many, which we're going to get to a little bit later. We've got a big frosty bottle here staring me in the face. But, oh my uh, gosh, I can't get through this IPA. It's so good. <laughs> but I still have that whole 750 of cider to drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be a really dark day. <laughs> how, long, how long are we on the, sh- on the air for again? Oh, we, got, we got about 20 more minutes. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll be fine. We'll yeah, need two we'll more right. bottles of that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, the you know, even mixing like beer and cocktails, you know, that's one thing. You know, even like, you know, I remember like when I first started bartending, uh, the first bar that I worked at, we would always float Guinness on top of our Bloody Marys, you yeah. know, like, and I know that's kind of a, a, a little, regional thing. Oh, yeah. Well. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like, that's like, that's kind of like the easy way out. Like this whole, like, I had never really heard of anyone like mixing a bunch of different beers together uh, until you told me that earlier. But then I started thinking about like, you know, like peach lambics and like mead and like thinking of all these things that you could do in like a bar that doesn't necessarily have like a full liquor license you know there there's so many like challenging obstacles like first of all because it's it's hard to mix with that's why no one ever does it yeah that's why but when you find it it, when you find that balance in those flavors that go together that's it's pretty magical man well it's like imagine like 30 years from now when somebody's like yeah off the classic beer cocktail list you know like the class oh yeah like oh wow like really these are the staples of these are the regional staples of classic beer cocktails that's awesome it's it's gonna happen it's bound to happen uh american beer has come so far in the last uh 10 to 15 years um especially i mean the, the east coast is finally catching up with the west coast I mean, they've been doing it for way yeah. longer than we have. Um, 
but it, you know it's really it's 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 really exciting it's really big and people need to be challenged and and, and people you know as as you know in the restaurant industry they always uh, customers always looking for something that they haven't had uh, and that's that's something that I think will you know obviously easily draw a lot of interest yeah you know um it's going to be huge. Uh, it, it just again, though, there's a challenge. I mean, you, you, you know, one day you could possibly have a beer cocktail named after you. That's that's how far we're just not there yet. You know, Dude, I, you I could hope, be you could, you could be the classic. <laughs> it could be like the 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 Damon, you know, Shotsky or something. You I, figure something. Yeah, I, out. You know, I believe it already exists. Yeah, okay. I think it's in the Heritage Radio cocktail book. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> it might be. Jack's probably writing that right now. I think I think Jack's been like writing down a bunch of these ideas, and he's gonna like totally snake me on this. Does, this book does deal. Jack have a liquor license? He's saying no, but with his head. But his, I think his heart's saying yes. Okay, just let him know I'm trying to open a bar in six months. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, um, so well, shit, we're already halfway through the show. So let's take a quick break, and uh, when we get back, we'll talk more about beer with Tristan. All right, back in just a moment. Here listening to Never in Love by Four Lincolns on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The International Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at InternationalCulinaryCenter.com. And we are back. You're listening to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. We have Tristan Colgrove from Bush and Shank and Mini Bar in lovely Brooklyn, New York. And we're about to. We were just talking uh, before the break about mixing different beers and and different uh, fermentables, <laughs> fermentable, fermented drinks, um, as opposed to like uh, you know with cocktails mixing like hard alcohols and and bitters and all these things. Even though I, I was telling you before the show, I do. Sometimes I have to uh, forego the soda in my bitters and soda and use a little Pilsner. Uh, it's pretty pretty sweet hair of the dog. I really got to try that out. It's really good. Okay. It's really good. I know, like out here, they also do a little bit of that, but it's usually like on ice. And I think the ice gets in the way. If you're hungover, man, you just got to go straight for it. Yeah, you see these TV shows, and these guys just take a. They're like, oh yeah, this is our our cure in, in Louisiana for hangover, and they basically make an omelet without cooking it and put like tomato juice in it. You know, and then you get, and then you know, we're just a little more sophisticated here. Pilsner, a yeah. couple of dashes of Angostura. Yeah, this is just keep it clean and simple, guys. Totally. All right. Even like, man, uh, you know, there's the the classic Americano cocktail, which is Campari, sweet vermouth, and seltzer. Yeah. I like do it. I call it the Americano Perfecto, yeah. which is instead of Pilsner, I use, or instead of seltzer, I use Pilsner. So it's nice. Campari, sweet vermouth, and Pilsner. It's actually really, really good. 
It sounds kind of disgusting now that I'm saying it out loud, I mean, but it is Pilsner, really good. Pilsner's pretty versatile too. I mean, I mean, how many cocktails do you do, you, do you top with Prosecco? Uh, how many, you know? Exactly. Uh, and and, and this, the, the the light flavor really works um, because it's not it, you can't do it with with an IPA. You can't do it with obviously with with that with that porter you're drinking right now. Nope. Um, but <laughs> the clean the cleanliness of that style works well with blending with other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, some like the challenges we were talking before about beer cocktails. That's kind of one of the, you know one of the hardest parts is is get over, is getting over that, yeah. um, and then there's other you know right now we're about to try this well yeah exactly Sarasola cider the Sarasola cider yeah. <laughs> Sarasola cider Sarasola cider the Basque uh, Spanish cider and you know like you were saying like using that light refreshing kind of like pilsner quality in a cocktail and then you could even use something like a cider and cider's like really blown up over the last few years and it was kind of like one of those things that like I know that. You and I probably growing up, it was one of those things that was like, what the hell is this? It was like Cider Jack. It was, I mean, Cider, when I was growing up, it was like uh, Woodchuck, uh, Woodpecker, Cider Jack, which was like flavored like raspberry, whatever, cider. Yeah. Uh, and it was more of a market that was um, uh, driven to people that, that were, I think it was the malt push and the people that were the, not beer, that weren't beer drinkers and they were trying to appeal to it. But Cider has its own thing. It has its own place. Um, it, it, some ciders you can even compare to to wine like they're at such a mm-hmm. level um uh from like even this that we're drinking right now the carbonation is really low the acidity is really high it's kind yeah, of very it's almost like very vinegary almost like a sour beer uh, yeah. and very enjoy very very enjoyable it's not the cider that we we, we saw when we were we were 21 years of age and <laughs> you know when we were kids uh, it, 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 you know it's it's taken on a whole new form i mean these ciders we're getting we get french ciders uh we get um even the stuff the from state, like Maybe. dock cider. Oh, yeah. it's like dock cider so is, is made at a vineyard. Like yeah. it, you know, it, it, it's at a, such a high level now. Uh, um, and I, you know, that's a, going back to the beer cocktail thing. Cider uh, is one of the key elements in one of my friend's cocktails. And it's very versatile. Uh, it, it's the the flavor uh, can be blended, you know, very easily with other things, just like the pilsner per se. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and look to actually in the next couple of weeks for us to start making something like that because it just came to me right now. Yeah. I'm like bitters and cider. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's happened. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. This you can be, put bitters be, in it. I've this done might it. be the seasonal hangover drink. <laughs> yeah. You know, we might go from pilsner to cider in the spring. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even this one kind of drinks more like it's almost like a beer cocktail in itself. You know, yeah. it's like because I use a lot of vinegars in cocktails. Yeah. You know, this definitely has that. Um, also, like. I don't know. There's even with like like you're saying with the cider market, a lot of people are doing like Hans Riesebauer, the guy yeah. who makes all the Austrian schnapps, yeah. and like Blue Gin. He started making a, an apple cider, like a hard cider, yeah. recently. It's really great, but it it's also like really low, like it's really tiny, like uh, method champagne, um, like yeah. tiny bubble, you know, very like crisp and like drinks like a wine. Oh yeah, uh, I mean they're really um, to tell you the truth, uh, most normal people, if you didn't show them the bottle and you poured this out for them. They might think of that, that that it was a wine versus a cider. It's uh, you know, especially with that vinegar uh, flavor mm-hmm. uh, and that acidity, you're you're almost drinking. I mean, even like some of the beer these, these days, like uh, Evil Twin does a Symphony Nine, and I swear to God, I'm drinking wine. And yeah. It's a it's a great beer, but I swear to God, I'm drinking wine. Like you wouldn't actually know if I put this in front of the people sitting at the table eating that delicious pizza right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't know. Um, uh, it, this, this market is blown up in front of people. There hasn't been a ton of talk about it. 
Um, but it's there and it's evident and you know yeah it feels like right now it's kind of like a like industry slash insider kind of yeah. drink well it's also what you know me and you if we get hammered for like a whole weekend and we went to a wedding like i did this past weekend i really just want to drink cider because that's what i drink when i'm not drinking it's, <laughs> yeah it reminds me of like drinking kind of like a drinking juice when i, I was sick uh, when i was in, <laughs> i was in philadelphia this past weekend and uh, i had a commonwealth cider and it was made with um lemongrass and ginger and I got to tell you, um, when I drank it, it tasted nothing like a cider. It tasted like a, a light, almost Arnold Palmer with ginger. Oh, wow. uh, I, I literally, uh, there was like almost zero carbonation. Uh, I had it on ice. I usually drink my cider on ice, depending. Yeah. This, this and definitely not. But um, I usually drink it on ice. Uh, and it was, it was, I drank five or six pints of it, no lie. Uh, it was low, it was 4%. And I felt great, and it was very. It was. It was in my social, you know, social gathering. I had all our friends around me from Philly, and uh, I didn't. I was drinking hard the last few days, going to wedding. You know how you know how that yeah. is, and working Friday nights in Brooklyn. You know how that is, uh, and. Uh, it, you know, it was really good. It was really, really refreshing and satisfying. So they're they're doing some really cool things with it. Yeah. Uh, um, and I, if I would have given it, you would not know there was alcohol in it. Yeah, and that, that's even crazier. And I feel like like. Especially with the cider category, like since it's branching out so much, it's like it's kind of it's finally starting to get away from that like stereotypical like like Jolly Rancher like carbonated Jolly Rancher like green apple kind of thing, you know? Yeah, because like, yeah, totally. this is way more sophisticated than oh yeah, this, I ever probably would have thought that you know cider would well, be. You know, yeah, I think I think uh, people are starting to like the general public are starting to warm up to it. Obviously, I mean, there's a bigger demand for it, but. Um, it's not. It's not what you 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 would think. You know, it, it's completely the opposite of what you would think. It's not smeared off raspberry ice. Like, like it was kind of portrayed when I, you know, when, like I said again when I was younger. If you remember, like uh, the hard cider. What was it? The uh, cider jack. Mm-hmm. They made cider in like three different flavors, but they also made like smeared off ice at the same time. So, do people still gonna, ice each other? Um, not that I know of. Um, I did have a job in Midtown where they were icing people. They're a bunch of bros from Cornell. Um, <laughs> I know it started originally in the South, so it'd probably be actually more of your thing than mine. I mean, I know so, like there, there have been times like when like Julian Prezi, the guy that owns uh, Rukla, uh, when he was one of my bartenders, I remember the last night that he was, he used to always ice people. He used to go down to the bodega, get a six pack of Smirnoff ice and like, he just like randomly ice people, but he got iced so hard on his last day there. That's what you get, though. I mean, if you want to give me a stomachache, that's that's what you're going to get. You're yeah. going to get a, that stomachache <laughs> back when you're trying to enjoy yourself. Yeah. It's going to be at the worst possible time. It's always bad. You time. won't see it it's coming. Never a good time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, it's it's something I actually I haven't, I haven't I haven't I haven't seen anybody ice anyone in a very long time. We got to bring that back. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. Yeah. You know what? Let's talk to the guys. You can't at, do it with Las Americas and uh, yeah, exactly. You know, either that or I can. I'll pull a case if you want. We will just split it. You know, Dude, split the cost and and just re- ruin people's days. I remember yeah. when Four Loco got in trouble. We bought a bunch of cases and just like had it stored. Oh, like, that was a really <laughs> that was a really weird Christmas party. Four Locos is like Twinkies, man. Like if you got that old stuff, it's good forever, man. There's so much alcohol in, in that malt. Oh man, and, and and so much and so much Red Bull or taurine or whatever they put in there. I tried making yeah. some. I used one of the watermelon ones to try to make. You made a cocktail. Try to man. Did you try to make a cocktail? I, it was some sort of like margarita oh, watermelon thing, oh, and it was yeah. disgusting. But I made. I mean, it was also someone who was leaving. Yeah. Uh, it was their last day, and I made it for them. Yeah, I, I you know I haven't seen that person since. I hope they're still alive. Yeah. That, was, that was mean. <laughs> oh my god, that was a really mean thing to do. Four locos cocktails. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if we could ever like cider someone with this Sarasota man. No, this, no, no. They'd be like they nice. would probably be like. <laughs> 
well, that's really nice of you. Yeah, exactly. You know, thank you very much. I have to like, charge you seven fifty now. I, yeah, imagine that on one knee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You better watch out, Jack. Yeah, we're coming for you. We're coming for you. Hey, by the way, if Smirnoff is listening, we'll gladly accept a sponsorship for the Speakeasy. <laughs> See, we haven't said anything bad. We're just we're, we're no, actually, we, I think we, we're we actually promoting them. them. We're promoting, yeah, them. yeah exactly. <laughs> Between them and Guinness, right now, I'm <laughs> yeah. Hey, we've got the whole fiscal year taken care of. <laughs> I, you know, and I'm, I was sitting here thinking about like the whole bitters and cider thing. Uh, I, wh- Jack, why don't we have a bottle of bitters? Like, we should have at least one bottle of bitters in the studio. It's a great question. Yeah, we gotta we gotta figure that out. We're gonna talk after the show. God damn it! I'm coming. I'm coming back next week, whether I'm a guest or not. <laughs> <laughs> With Smirnoff Ice and bitters, <laughs> you're damn right. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so like being uh, being that we were talking about uh, cider, and uh, you know, to me, like it's always like a very fall kind of. I well, you know, it is. I mean, the flavors are very fall anyway. Yeah. But um, so I, I can I tend to like drink it throughout the winter and summer, though. I mean, like it's one of those crisp things that you could always have. Yeah. But like that being said, what are some of your favorite like seasonal brews that you like to have? Um, you know, it, 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 the, the summer, especially with American craft beer now coming out, um, that you don't know what they're going to release, and you don't know what we're actually going to be able to get a hold of. New York's like such a big market. Um, you know, we have all these breweries available to us, but we only have so many of their brews. Um, you know, it's all beers, all supply and demand. Um, the, you know, it's, but for the summer or the spring, you're definitely going to see, I mean, obviously one of the biggest hits in the last two years, uh, farmhouse style, like Saison. Saison mm-hmm. is huge. Um, so, and everybody's making a Saison. So you, you should see that definitely through the springtime. Uh, all the local brewers are making it. Everybody's making a Saison. You have the guys from Maryland, uh, Stillwater. They make exceptional uh, farmhouse ales. Uh, that's basically all they make. Um, yeah. But they do it very, very well. You know, nice. um, uh, There's another, uh, Schneider's putting out a beer uh, we were speaking earlier about. Um, they're making, they basically, Schneider is all... It's uh, from Germany. Uh, they specialize in wheat beer. Uh, they have this new hybrid hop. Uh, they're the only people that have it because they bought the whole crop. That's so crazy. they're falling. Uh, and you know German purity laws. They're snob. They're very tough about right. what you can use and whatever. So they're going to be putting out this beer um, uh, called Schneider Summer, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. In uh, the the hybrid hop that they're using, actually, will have a stronger. Uh, a stronger hop flavor than most normal germ beers have because Americans love over hop beer. True. And yeah, we, we want, we, we want those hops to be pronounced. You know, we're not looking for the subtlety of, of you uh, rounding the beer out. We want right. it to overtake the beer a little bit. We want our beer to smell like yeah, Humble County. Yeah, yeah. We want our beer to smell like Humble County and taste like grapefruit. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, or, and, or most other citrus, uh, that you get out of it, um, uh, but I the saison the saison push actually kind of kind of uh, baffled me a little bit because you have this beer that is a farmhouse sales that originally created by people that were poor, right? That, that, well, <laughs> these it, farmers that made this beer for for them, and it, it was it, you know it was a peasant beer. It would by any means. There's nothing royal about it. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, like, but that's like the coolest thing about that. That's how like most of the stuff that we like yeah. came out that way. Like yeah. cheese and charcuterie, uh, you know, bread, pasta. Like these are like it's all like peasant food, really. Yeah, I mean, like I'm from Jersey, we love pork roll. I mean, I'm a total pork loving <laughs> peasant. And if you can take everything on a pig, completely chop it up, add some extra fat and salt to it, and some nitrates or whatever else you want in there, and fry it, I'll eat it. <laughs> I think I think you're not alone with that one. Yeah. Man. Um, but okay, so like actually, we're we're almost out of time. But uh, 
What, tell me uh, real quick, like what, uh, what what's like one of the weirdest beers you've ever had? Um, really, you know, I, the the really weird ones really these days are um, uh, basically anything that's been aged and like I'm starting to taste a lot of things that are put in different wine wine casts, different uh, Calvados, uh, even uh, a bourbon casts a lot are being used now. Obviously, everybody knows about all the bourbon. Uh, county staff from Goose Island and all the other uh, things like that, but the you know the wine casts are really doing some weird things. Uh, they're doing some really cool stuff with it. And going back to how all these beer, all these different uh, fermented things are starting to taste like wine, it's kind of funny because th- that's really in essence what it is. I mean, and they're serving it in a six ounce, which is a huge. It's a big, big wine pour, actually. Yeah. You know, people are like that's a tiny beer pour, but it's a huge wine pour. I mean, you're drinking wine essentially. You know. Um, uh, uh, definitely uh, the sour beer really uh, it, it, especially a lambic that's not that doesn't have a fruit in it uh, I, I, that's going to be the the probably the more trendy uh, I think in the next like coming years um, it, it's got a really funky taste to it uh, um, and there's something appealing about it it's just I, I don't know what, what it is and most of them obviously are, are been, ma- been made forever in Belgium you know the, the, they're they're you know, it's nothing new. It's new to us. Right. <laughs> it's right. not. It's not new to them. Um, but it, you know, they're really, really funky and really like. Uh, you know, and it, we drink a lot. We taste a lot. We, you know, in our industry, we, we're constantly tasting. Well, this is a good beer. This is a good beer. This is a good beer. But the things that really catch us are the things that we can't explain. And Lambecks for me. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a brewer. Um, uh, I'm just too lazy. <laughs> I just enjoy the fruits <laughs> of other people's work. Um, but the lambics and um, even even some of the uh, the the barrel aged um, uh, uh, Flemish reds like the Grand Cru's that are that are in oak barrels are, are pretty cool. I mean, there's a, if you ever tasted a Flemish red beer, uh, depending on who it's from, if it's from Bacher, maybe a little more uh, cherry, and then from obviously Rodenbach Grand Cru, which is um, you know like the heavyweight champion, right. like everybody, and it's the Grand Cru of Grand Cru's. Um, it's a lot of acidity, you know. There's a lot. There's a lot of, a lot of cool things going on that is, is not beer, <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. And those are the things that really, you know, spark my interest. And I think, uh, along with a lot of everybody else, uh, yeah. you know, it's 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 it, it, there's kind of a mystery behind it. Uh, you're taking a beer and then you're putting it in a barrel with some bacteria and you're going to let it sit for two years and then you're going to yeah. build another <laughs> beer that's new and then you're going to blend them together yeah. so you're going to take this old beer that you didn't drink from a party you know <laughs> like from that, that keg you couldn't return you didn't return because you're too lazy that's sitting in the garage I've got we, a couple of those we don't have garages in Brooklyn <laughs> uh, and that you know it was like you know and you can hear it splashing around and you're like yeah, that's two it's, years it's, old it's called my night I'm not, it's like my, uh, my end table by the way we're not <laughs> telling you to drink it by any means do not drink that beer but in essence that's what it is and yeah. then, you know um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 I, I think there are so many cool styles. Like, and I thank you for like telling us uh, about a lot of these coming out. You know, the, it's to me like a really cool like like I always say on the show, it's like a really cool time to like be able to like imbibe these like great things that we're having, like great cocktails and spirits and wines, and especially beer. You know, yeah. and uh, one of my favorite things about beer in general, like when you're doing tastings, is that like as opposed to like wine or spirits, uh, where you're supposed to like you know. Typically, you uh, you taste it, but you spit. Yeah, with beer, you got to drink it. You got to swallow I mean, it. Well, that's the, that's <laughs> that's the that's the the joy of beer. Um, you know, with the low alcohol, the super low alcohol, you get mostly in most beers. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to drink it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the tasting. I'm, I'm. Yeah. Somebody worked hard on this. Yeah. I mean, if you go to wine tasting, you got to taste a hundred wines. You're yeah. going to spit it out. But yeah, somebody really worked hard for this one. The, the few beers. When a beer salesman come by, how many beers do you taste? Two, yeah. three. If you go, if you go to a beer tasting, taste a hundred beers. I just call that a that's a 
that's a Wednesday good, afternoon yeah, at yeah, Heritage Radio. Yeah, yeah basically, <laughs> I would say it's uh, hanging out with my friend Damon, doing a radio show, and having to take a taxi home. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, I think we're going to have to talk about Hangover Cures yeah. next week. <laughs> Tristan, thanks so much for coming on the show today. And thanks for listening to Heritage Radio. This has been the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. See you next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.